You look bright-eyed and bushy-tailed today. I just woke up from a nap, so I'm <gasps> just like that. Wow. Welcome to the world. Good morning, Starshine. The Earth says hello. Great. I'm going to plug my computer in, because now it says that I'm running out of battery. Starshine. The Earth says hello. You twinkle above us. We twinkle below. Good morning, Starshine. We all sing along. Our morning love and I, our early morning singing song. You're welcome. Yeah, no, I appreciate that a lot. <laughs> As well you should. That's the Shema, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, <the> shema. <laughs> that's how it goes. I've plugged in my computer. Okay, for context, I don't remember what that's from. It's from hair. Great. I guess, should we just get into it? Oh, we had a listener question. Just real just real quick. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, we're both fine. Hi, how are we? We're fine. Whatever. Get over it. We can get back to that, but you brought it up, you know. Oh. <laughs> no, it's only because there was a musical break in the show. Well, there was a request from a listener for Hava to recite the Shema for their listening pleasure, but also education to hear the right. pronunciation. One of my confusions was whether they wanted it sung or said. I think said, and I th okay. think also if you could show your feet to the microphone or something <laughs> like that, too. <laughs> Right, right, uh-huh, that makes sense. If I could, like, eat a plate of spaghetti at the same time. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, no, I think it's a totally wholesome request. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Do you want to just quickly just bust that out for us all? Sure. Dear listener, here is uh, Chava's ASMR recitation of the Shema for you. The first paragraph of the Shema, I guess, is what I'll recite. So, Shema Yisrael. המקום אלוהינו המקום אחד. ברוך שם כבוד מלכותו לעולם ועד. ואהבת את המקום אלוהיך בכל לבבך ובכל נפשך ובכל מאודיך, והיו הדברים האלה אשר אנוכי מצורך היום. ועל לבביך ושיננתם לבניך ודיברת בם בשבתך בביתך ובלכתך בדרך ובשוקבך ובקומך וקשרתם לעוד. על ידיך והיו לתותפות בין עיניך וכתבתם על מזוזות ביתך ובשקריך. וואו, תודה רבה, חווה. Yes, I hope that was everything you wish for, dear listener, and my feet were right by the microphone. It's a request that makes perfect sense. When I was first, like, figuring out how I wanted to daven, I needed to listen to five billion recordings of the Shema from a, from a bunch of different sources. So it makes perfect sense to me that someone would want to hear the Shema. So there's Chava's Shema. Okay, so how are you, Hava? How are you? How am I? I'm good. It's It's been a very cozy morning. I feel very in a daze because a video game I've been looking forward to for a great deal of time came out this morning. And I've had my head fully up its butt all day so far. And I'm going to put my head right back there when we're done recording. So I have that feeling of like when you're a kid at the public pool and you've been swimming underwater and then you just come up for air for a little bit and then you go right back down. You're in your own little world. You guess you enjoyed the public pool more than me. I enjoyed the pool so much as a kid. I recall the snack shack by the public pool. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely a really important part of the pool experience. <laughs> a snow cone, you know, 
a Frito pie. One of the most like boyish things I did in my youth. Mm-hmm. I would say the most boyish camaraderie I did was I remember talking, maybe even bragging about like getting stuff at the snack shack by the pool <laughs> with other yeah. boys. Yeah, so those are my my vibes this morning. How are you, Michael? Well, I'm good. Like I said, I woke up, feel good. Got out of bed, ran a comb across your head. Yeah, yeah, exactly, you know. I mean, except you didn't. That would not be very curly girl of you. I know. Very surprised that you would quote a Beatles song on, <laughs> on the pod. I contain multitudes, bitch. I know, I know, I know. I know you're not a big Lennon fan. No, certainly not. But of course, there was a time in my teenagerhood when I didn't know any better, and I thought the Beatles were just, you know, the coolest. I thought they were the coolest anything could ever be. Well, I'm glad you used to think that. I want to take you on a journey today where I'm going to reconvince you of that. I'm bringing you the (laughs) secret Jewish history of the Beatles. Is that true? No, I'm not doing that. Oh, God. I was (laughs) intrigued and terrified. No, there's no secret Jewish history of the Beatles. I mean, there probably is. I mean, probably. I'm sure there's at least one tablet article with that title. What are you going to tell me the secret Jewish history of? Well, I brought you something juicy. Perhaps. Okay. Uh, Perhaps too juicy. Not, not, no, it's not that Give juicy. Give me the forbidden juice, Michael. Okay, it's as juicy as a date. Oh, okay. I feel like dates are more gushy. Nature's gusher. I'm going to take you to Suko Suka. Su- I can't say Suka. I'll tell you why I can't say Suka. Because why? it sounds very similar to a Russian slur word. But lucky oh. for us, basically the exact same story is told in Bava Batra 134a. So there you oh, go. Oh, thank God. I wouldn't want to have to read it from a Seche that sounds vaguely like a slur in Russian. God forbid. I think we've talked about this before, but I want to pinpoint a particular part. Let me know if we haven't. Okay. The Gemara is talking about Yochanan ben Zakkai, the famous, uh, was he considered the main like transcriber of the Mishnah? Redactor is usually redactor, the word people redactor. use, but yeah, compiler. And a very important bottleneck, like Jewish. Uh, yes. Jewish scholar bottleneck, all the knowledge of the previous generation ended up having to go through him because of the destruction of the Mm -hmm. temple and the murder, whatever, decimation of everyone. Yeah. And he was like the dunce of his class. Exactly. Yes, he was the dunce. And this is the sugya that talks about it. So this sugya is saying everything that Yochanan ben Zakkai knew. Okay. He did not neglect the Torah, the Tanakh, the Mishnah, Talmud. Which is weird because like Talmud didn't really exist exactly mm-hmm. when he was around. But anyway, apparently he did not ignore the Talmud, Halachot, Agadot, Minutia of the Torah and Minutia of the Scribes, various hermeneutical principles that you need to know about if you're going to interpret the Torah. That's really cool. He was good at that. Verbal analogies, seasons, numerical values of Hebrew letters. So like Gematriot. Parables of launderers and parables of foxes. Oh my God, thank goodness. I am so sick of these fake rabbis who ignore parables of foxes. I know, I wish we had parables of foxes. 
We do. We've done a parable of a fox on this show before. Have we? Well, I guess not really a parable. There is a parable of a fox I really like that involves Rabbi Akiva. Maybe we'll cover it one day. We did the one where the fox is going into the temple ruins and everyone else is sad, but Rabbi Akiva is happy because of the prophecy. Akiva's crazy. Other things that Yohanan Ben Zakai knows about is conversing with demons. Mm-hmm. conversing with palm trees or the conversations of palm trees wow shit the conversations of ministering angels that makes sense Duh. and a great matter and a small matter that they go on to talk about what a great matter is a great matter is like all the secrets of the chariot like magic shit. yeah like magic secret knowledge stuff like right. more magic stuff. than the conversations of palm trees so that was the large matter, and the small matter is, uh, what's the small matter? You know, something small. No one cares. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so uh, anyway, so that's what he knows, and he was like the worst student of class. The best student was Yonatan Ben Uziel, who apparently when he was engaging in Torah study, if a bird were to fly over his head, the bird would be incinerated. <laughs> Shit. Did you not know about that? No, I didn't know about the... I don't even know what to call that <laughs> radiation field that surrounded a great Torah scholar. Yeah, so this is Yonatan Ben Uziel. I think he did something, writing something into Aramaic, apparently, but totally all lost to time, totally mythological person. Right, didn't make it through the bottleneck. Didn't make it through the bottleneck. One of, I believe, the 80 or 90, yeah, it was 80 students that were all the students of Hillel the Elder. Only Yohanan Ben Zakai made it through. But, you know, apparently this Yonatan Ben Uziel, he could, you know, incinerate birds. Well, indirectly. Right. What I'm hearing is he couldn't stop incinerating birds. He had a bird incineration problem. He had a bird incineration problem, yes. If you know what I mean. (laughs) Uh, No, I don't. But that's Yohanan Ben Zakai. And you did notice, you even made a joke about it, what I want to narrow in on. The palm trees. Yes. And what they're talking about. How could you know? What are they talking about? Because they're going on a date, because that's where dates come from. (laughs) When a mommy palm tree and a daddy palm tree love each other very much. (laughs) It's funny you should say that. There are male and female palm trees. That's true. I do know that. Okay. I did not know that. But I learned that for this episode. Listeners, don't worry. The gender binary extends to palm trees. Yeah. It is real. It's alive. It's well. And it's in palm trees. So, yeah, there are three things in this list of stuff that, like, an epic mythological scholar should know about that are maybe a little strange. Parable of launders, parable of foxes, and conversations with palm trees. Mm -hmm. What's the conversation with palm trees? That's what we're going to focus on. If you ask Rashi, Rashi says literally, I don't know what this is. Okay, great. Which is kind of (laughs) cool. So our guy who's supposed to tell us what things are doesn't even know what it is. No, doesn't know. And I think it's because he's French. If we ask Rashba what this conversations with palm trees means, the phrase is shikhat de kalim, so conversations of palm trees with palm Mm -hmm. trees. Shikhat de kalim is explained by Rashba. Rashba says that this is some sort of secret wisdom and that someone named Avraham Kaspi, it's unclear how you pronounce the name, Avraham Kaspi, who maybe was a contemporary of Rashba, knew how to do this, like this cool skill. Got it. Every village needs one, a palm tree whisperer. So this Avraham Kaspi, he 
appears in a few other places, not in the Talmud, like in other weird texts where people are talking about this person. And he, this is the only only thing that he does is he's some sort of scholar who was able to also like converse with palm trees. In some explanations, he lived a thousand not miles, but a thousand units of distance away from areas of learning, but was okay. somehow able to learn things and know oh, things. Oh, he learned from the trees. He learned from the trees. He learned from the trees. That's, I think wow. that's what they're saying. In other passages, it seems to be that maybe he lived in year 1000 after the creation of the world and so he's this su super like mythological person who just had this skill and we're just like referencing oh. them i don't know which one is true i could be mistranslating here but this is an example of someone who maybe could talk to trees and learn torah from them yeah and learn torah from them there's other mentions of this conversations with palm trees but very few across all of jewish literature it seems like but one that i wanted to bring to you was a Kabbalistic text called Sichat, or maybe Shichat Shadim. Oh, anytime I hear Shadim, I'm a little alarm bell goes off in I my know, head. I know, I know, I know. So this is a text from the 1800s, pretty late. It talks about the existence and the nature of Shadim, of like supernatural beings, of demons. It goes into some detail about that. It's Kabbalistic and hard to follow, but from what I can tell, there's this interesting passage where the author of this text, Sadok HaKohen of Lublin, makes this interesting, maybe metaphor, comparison of how plants, if you leave them in wind, flowers and wind, they eventually die and dry out, mm -hmm. but palm trees don't. Oh, okay. And so palm trees apparently are this like symbol of resilience and like the Jewish people are sometimes compared to a palm tree because like they sway in the wind, they can survive in these harsh conditions, whatever, whatever. They're doing like pretty well for themselves in these environments that maybe people don't associate so much with thriving. So in this book, Tzadok HaKohen of Lublin says that, well, like the Shadim are kind of like the wind or air or something like that. They are the maybe literally the thing in the wind that like kills the plants or maybe that's just a oh. metaphor. But okay. something about the palm tree. Demons are the forces of entropy. Check. Something about the palm tree. It's able to survive being affected by the Shadim somehow. Because it's full of Torah. Because it's full of Torah. It like sways in the wind. Something about it's like Because it's, it's davening. It's davening. It's like self-sacrificing somehow. Wow. Maybe it has something to do with like the leaves falling off of it. I don't know. But that's why like the palm tree is really cool. It's not affected by like the evil spirits. So if you I go see. and you like listen to the palm trees on like a really, really quiet day when you put up a sheet and like the sheet doesn't blow in the wind, you can learn things from the palm trees as they like move mm. ever so slightly in, on a windless day. This is really reminding me of one of my favorite Torah verses that is has always been very magical, which is the first couple verses of Psalm 19, which oh. is a great psalm, 
which starts off with, The heavens declare the glory of Hashem, and the sky proclaims His handiwork. Day to day makes utterance, and night to night speaks out. There is no utterance, there are no words, and there is no sound that is heard. Basically, like everything is like talking about God all the time, but like in a way that's beyond sound. It's cool. It's dope shit. That's interesting. Their voice carries throughout the earth and their words to the end of the world. So yeah, it's a great psalm. Psalm 19. Look it up, people. You know, while I was trying to figure out the deal with palm trees, something came up about like the Shahina maybe having like 128 appendages of like either Checks transmitting out. information or receiving information. I don't know, but that kind of feels like it's related. Mm-hmm. And that could be so wrong. I could have just made that up right now. That is kind of what I was able to glean from some info. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I yeah, everything's talking about God all the time. That's kind of interesting. It's like radio background static. Yeah, I mean, this feels pretty true to me based on my experience. Like, unfortunately, I've never experienced inanimate objects telling me about God in clear language. But it does seem to me that the entire universe is like encoded with messages from God. That seems like pretty true. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, I, that, that seems or just like true. that reality is like a love letter from God. Definitely all of reality is like super interconnected. Yeah. So this like makes a lot of sense to me. I feel like there are a lot of great examples of animals and plants like talking in Torah and Talmud. Like there's a classic um, from one of our episodes long ago, we talked about the story of the the daughters of the rabbi who were kidnapped and the guy who's with them is like talking to the birds and the birds are like oh leave now he's like that's a lying bird i'm not gonna listen to that bird i'm gonna listen to this other bird because it's cool oh yeah 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 the bird classic of course there's like noah's ark sending out the birds and they come back with a twig or without a twig there's like all kinds of cool stuff like this i would believe that there is someone out there who's just been like meditating on the rustling sound of palm trees for a thousand years and has figured out the Torah based on that. That feels possible to me. It does. It does. It's not me. I wish it was. (laughs) It's also like unclear is this divination or or not, but it it definitely, it seems to be a totally legit thing that, I mean, if Yochanan ben Zakai can do it. Right. It's like in bounds within Judaism. Yeah, it's in bounds. So uh, yeah, learning the secrets of God through the trees. Palm trees yeah. specifically. So basically, the t- the TLDR of this episode is quit listening to this podcast and go listen to the trees. Apparently, I feel like if all of our listeners did that, I mean, I, I world peace tomorrow. It would make sense to me, you know. I wouldn't feel yeah. too bad if you leave us for the trees. We'll understand. Yeah, totally. So if you love something, you got to let it go. You got to let it go. Listen to the trees. Listen to the trees. That that that's what I brought for you today that's great michael that was like a, a delicious cup of warm tea great i'm so glad it was a delight listeners thanks for listening to us poor imitations of the rustling of palm trees that we are if you'd like to hear more we have plenty of patron episodes on our patreon at patreon.com hi how are you sign up for the upcoming shalmala class fruit camp which is a shior for upping your practical talmud skills i'll put a link in the description we continue to work on our major project in the background And, you know, we love y'all. We'll go listen to some trees in your honor. And Shavuot Tov. Shavuot Tov.